to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us your thoughts. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890. 92.5. KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Welcome to the program. I am Andy Griffin. Ten minutes after, we're a little bit late getting started. Ten minutes after nine o'clock, but so good to be here. Thank you for tuning in. That is the Andy Griffith theme in the background. A little bit of beat behind it. And uh, the reason it's significant today is because we're going to talk music. Now, I know a lot of you are out there going, hey, politics this and, and laws this and election. We'll get into that tomorrow. But today I thought we'd take a little time out step away from politics a little bit and talk music. I have a couple of guests with me. Usual guest Jack Lancaster here every couple of weeks. Zach, thanks for, thanks Good for coming morning. in. Good to see you, man. As always. Thank and, you. And uh, to my left is Robert John Hadfield. Yes, Robert, sir. Robert John Hadfield is a music aficionado. Is that a right? Well, you could probably say that just yeah. because I, I've been I've been into music since I was a teenager and I started buying records like by the... Th- I seriously, I have a record collection of two thousand records over at my studio right no now. No kidding. Yeah, two thousand. And wow. I'm kind of a nut for them, and it's kind of fun to see that people are actually listening to them again. Mm-hmm. And it's so so whenever people come into the studio, that's always a focal point. And so I, it, it, just by virtue of the fact that I was around it constantly, I just know more than a human being. I, I, I'm filled with useless information about <laughs> rock music history. My wife says so, that about me too. That is that right? <laughs> now I, awesome. let me give you a little history. Uh, <laughs> about me and music, uh, okay, when when I was, uh, I, I went to broadcasting school in 1987, 88, uh, and I ended up uh, getting a gig as a night DJ at a rock, a classic rock station, Z104 in Logan, and uh, I was I was a music aficionado, sort of, I, I liked music, but I wasn't an expert, and then I, I spent almost four years at Z104, and when you're a DJ and it's late at night, what do you do? Most of the time you're reading album covers and things like that. Yes. Now, when I was at Z104, uh, they had, it was, it was a transition time in radio. They had probably about 1,000 albums on a wall there. And you would, get, you would get a little card and it would tell you what number to look up because, you know, they were, they were numbered. They also had uh, a bunch of, um, uh, what do they call those now? The, the uh, carts. 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 Yeah. Yeah. carts. carts. Yeah. Kind of like eight tracks. Kind of like eight tracks, yeah. 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 And then they had uh, CDs. They had only about 100 CDs. So they had 1,000 albums and about 100 CDs. And then they, had, believe it or not, they had about 50 uh, albums on reel to reel. No kidding. Quarter and you would, you would have to, yeah, you would have to thread it. And so, I didn't like playing real to real songs. And so if one came up on the card, I would maybe slip the card to the back. <laughs> and because it was such a pain in the neck, you had to thread it yeah. and you had to get to the right spot and everything. And so, uh, but I learned a lot about rock and roll. Honestly, Led Zeppelin was slightly before my time. So up until that point. You're a young like, guy. Yeah, up, I'm 56. Up up to that okay. point, Led Zeppelin was, yeah, they were you good, were very, but I didn't you were really know them very well. Yeah, When they were happening. But they were the centerpiece to Z104. Every hour, we played a Led Zeppelin song. And, <laughs> and I mean, that was that was heavy rotation. For a classic rock station, you, you might imagine, Led Zeppelin was it. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, by the way, I was listening to a little classic rock the other day, driving in my car, and they were playing a song by Poison. I'm like, that's not classic rock. <laughs> that was popular when I was a... Oh, yeah. Wait, that was 500 30, years ago. Yeah, that yeah. was 32 years ago. That's a real something. awakening when you realize that what you think was now is now classic. <laughs> not good. 
That so, ages you in a minute, it man. Does, it does. That realization hits you in the head. <laughs> Let's talk about vinyl first thing for you guys. Uh, vinyl is, you know, the old record player. You put the needle on it. When I was at Z104, we used to start the song, and then you would stop it as soon as you heard any sound, and you would take your finger and you would roll it backwards one-third of a turn so that when it was time to introduce a song, you would turn it on, and it took just a second to get up to speed. To accelerate. And then as soon as it got up to speed, that's when the music was supposed to start, and then and then you were you mm-hmm. sounded like a genius. Yeah. But if you didn't turn it far <laughs> enough or you turn it too far, you either had dead air or you had, you know. So that's so t- awesome. Tell us about vinyl, what, records and vinyl. Why is it making a comeback? Because uh, convenience is such a big thing okay. in modern society, and they aren't really very convenient. Because it's awesome. <laughs> that's the main thing. No, but look, 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 look. The thing that's so different about that time and about that you when when it came to vinyl and records you had a personal like a like a holistic uh multi-sensory experience with music when you mm-hmm. had vinyl they mm-hmm. just don't have today right and, i mean think about it you'd you'd get to buy a record to have music you'd go you'd get in your car you'd go to a store you'd sit there and flip through these things you'd look oh, for cool covers yeah, you know there'd be other people there and you'd be yeah. talking to them about music and then and then sometimes you'd pick an album just because the cover looked cool it's true and right. you think and, you, and and you're like hoping that my 799 plus tax you know <laughs> doesn't isn't wasted and so then, then you, you take this thing home, you hide it from your parents sometimes, <laughs> you, you have the process of taking the shrink wrap off, then there's kind of this smell. So you've got right. the, the smell, then you, then you pull it out and the sound of, of, the, of the paper sleeve coming out and then taking the record out. And then, and then as you put it down, getting back to what you said a second ago, Andy, you put that thing on the platter and then what? Then you start reading. Mm-hmm. You know, now you've got this cover and you start, you start going through and you start recognizing, hey, I saw that name on another album. And then you start putting things together that this person was the producer on this one and that one. And then you pull out your other records <laughs> and you had this, once again, multi-sensory experience that yeah. is gone. And so when it got reintroduced a few years ago, I think there were a lot of people that go, wow, I miss that. Yeah. You know, I love the convenience. Look, I, I'm, I'm actually, I love MP3s. I love streaming music and that kind of thing. But, but, you, but it cannot replace the multi-sensory experience that you had mm-hmm. and the risk-taking of spending my money on something that might stink you know <laughs> i know there's one good song on this because i heard it on the radio yeah, and yeah, then you get yeah. it and you think i hope the rest of this thing isn't awful and most yeah. of, a lot of times it was and then you're stuck with this thing but but anyway th- i think that's one of the reasons that you had this there's so much more to it than just uh than just the music it was always my thing i always waited till at least two songs on an album were worthy of a purchase. If it had at least two, then I'd, then I'd go ahead and buy it. You know, uh, yeah. if it didn't have two, uh, then I was like, yeah. eh, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> if they had a previous album, you know, like yeah. Boston. When they came, by the time they got to Boston, you know, uh, third the third, third, the third one, third stage is like that's a no-brainer because the yeah. original Boston, the second one. Here's the second one. Don't right look here. back. That's the second. Is that don't look back? This is don't look back right here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. I a few with me. Absolutely amazing. And what's funny is because in those album covers, you look at that thing. And after a while, you realize, wait a minute, that's a city on a guitar, on a guitar. that's built to look like a spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> it's so awesome. The album art the is, is the amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what you got back then. Yeah. It was. That, and that's the thing. I mean, it was, it, once again, multi-sensory experience, but there was this, this artwork. Right. That you'd look at. I mean, that Boston, this thing right here, just looking at, we're looking at uh, Don't Look Back right now, uh-huh. in case anybody's uh-huh. wondering. And you could sit here and just study this. 
Right. And it, it, it actually took a little bit of time to kind of take it all in. Mm-hmm. And then on this one in particular, you can open it up all the way so the, the artwork goes all the way to the back. And then you've yeah. got the photos on the inside. Yeah. And you'd read this and study all these people and you'd memorize the whole thing. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was awesome. And, and to your point, you know, there's certain things you get to third stage and you're like, okay. Yeah, this, there's no, this is a no-brainer. Yeah. It's going to be fine. Yeah, same with, and I had the same experience with uh, Van uh, Van uh, Van Halen, 5150. I was always a big Sammy Hagar fan, and I thought, well, okay. It was different, though. It was not <laughs> it wasn't the same. Van Halen. <laughs> it, it, was it was not Van, not Van Halen. It was Van Hagar. Hold, hold everything. <laughs> hold everything. Now, you guys are dissing on it. Honestly, 5150 is my favorite Van Halen song, uh, um, album. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I know a lot of you are like, nah, nah. Now, David Lee Roth. I don't think David Lee Roth was that good of a singer. He was a showman. He was. That's exactly right. And he was, he was amazing. He, he was, was the built, best at what he did. He was built for yeah. concerts and yeah. videos, yeah. But, but his voice was just okay. That may be. It was perfect for what they were doing at the time, though. True. But look, I, I, I got to settle this. Yeah. Sammy okay. Hagar was. I, I loved Sammy Hagar, too. You know, I he can't drive amazing. 55. Was my song. So I got totally so many awesome. tickets in those days. Eighteen <laughs> year old kid here in the studio just put his thumbs up because he even knows that song. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Either, song. either that or he can't drive fifty five. Or he can't drive fifty five. Yeah. But but it was just it was a whole brand new band, and yeah. I was yeah, it wasn't I was, the same. Yeah, it, it, and I I didn't hate it. I bought it. I bought it the day it no, came out. No, it was out. good. It just was I different. I had to have it because I loved both of them. But I yeah. just it, it was it suddenly the whole personality of the band changed too much for me. Right. And right. so, and Sammy in one of the songs tried to do a David Lee Roth thing. Hey, waitress, come over here. Rack of what? You know, I don't remember yeah, that part. Yeah, but I was like, yeah. I'll, have, I'll have some of that. I'll have some of that. And yeah, I'm like, I thought it was eh, pretty good. Eh, eh. Anyway, it wasn't for, right. so uh, David Lee Roth. Yeah, in yeah. Got to go but back Andy, to the original. We'll kind of, you know, nothing like the originals. I mean, you know, when they come out, there's something special about them. That's why they got famous in the first place because they yeah. had something special. You yeah. know, and then when it changes, you know, in lead singers, they get famous. You know, Dennis DeYoung, Left Sticks, and all that stuff. They have it, they changes, and it, I guess that's just part, a natural part of life. But back when you're a teenager, you think, wait, wait a minute, <laughs> don't kill my baby. You know, oh, yeah, I want to sure. ask you something, Robert John and Jack too. Uh, I remember there was like almost a crescendo of audio equipment, like like from the '70s to the '80s to late '80s, early '90s. Big speakers equalized. I mean, it, music had to sound incredible or why listen, right? And then something happened that the MP3 came along and the streaming services, and now it's about can I get that song streaming to me without any buffering? I don't care if it sounds that great. To me, it's really disappointing yeah. what's happened to our music because. Robert John, I was like you. I was like, man, give me a giant speaker. I remember. Yeah. The, I remember the first time I heard uh, "Money for Nothing," right? Dire, Dire Straits. Straits. The speaker. The, the speakers were literally six feet tall in this guy's living room. And by the time oh, the song so... was halfway through, the neighbor was beating on the wall, <laughs> telling him to turn it down. I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. 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 And and I don't know what happened. Why is it okay to have? Mediocre sound now. It's nowadays. it's funny because it's know. almost like we went yeah. back to AM radio, yeah. transistor radio, because well, that's what this almost is. This yeah. a mobile device, and it's so, and it's mono. There's no yep. stereo anymore. You know, you buy the one speaker. You know, the the, the Bluetooth. Yeah, it and, floats in the pool. Hey, I mean, woo! I, I bought a pair of speakers. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I bought a pair of speakers that weighed like so sixty awesome. pounds each. 
when I was 22 years old. That's awesome. And I carried yeah. them around with me for the next 30 years. <laughs> you and me both, brother. I know the drill. There, was, there were woofers and tweeters and all yeah. kinds of stuff. Yeah. And now you, you got 18 inch, I'm going to play it on my phone. I'm going to play it on my phone. You were really happy. Do you remember the first time CDs came out and it sounded different? Better. You're used to that sound from the album. Yeah. The fuller, mellower. I don't. I, I can't. Exp- it's the analog sound versus the digital sound. They didn't quite. I don't know what they did back in the day. Well, one of the one of the things it, that happened with with CDs, and one of the reasons it took off, and so many people go, "Oh my gosh, it sounds so much better." Well, the the reality of it is, and 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 then they tried to sell us on it, like, "Well, it's digital," and so it's. It's like actually, no. All this stuff that we're converting to digital was analog in the first place. Right. You converted it to digital right. to put it on a CD, right. and then you're telling us that that's higher quality, but you took it off of. It, it, you're suppo- it was right. a, analog to begin with. Mm-hmm. Well, records had the ability to sound as good as CDs. It's just that most people had crappy equipment. Right. And it, I mean, you literally, if you want to make a, an album sound as good as a CD, which it can, you really have to have a stylus that costs several hundred dollars, mm-hmm. you know, at least. Yeah. And, and and then that Diamond would, but a lot tip. of people, yes, exactly. Yeah. Because a lot of people would have those little Sears, JCPenney, right. crappy little speak, you know, turntables. Mm-hmm. There's no, no wonder when a CD came out, it sounded so much better to you because I you see. didn't have the equipment to actually mm-hmm. do it. And, and so, so in some ways it was a good thing for people to be able to hear it, you know, sound better, but, but it was not that the, the record companies, you know, it was seven ninety nine for a record, and all of a sudden, well, now we're going to charge sixteen bucks for a mm-hmm. CD, even though it's cheaper for us to make, and all the equipment costs less, and et cetera, et cetera. And then, and then, but the price will come down eventually. I remember hearing that. Yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, it didn't, and it never did. <laughs> no. Yeah, they just kept it up there. Now records, when you find them, which they're all over the place, are thirty bucks, thirty, forty bucks yeah. for some of these yeah. things. Mm-hmm. So, and I brought a couple of the. Like greatest albums, biggest selling albums of all time. And that's, okay. I thought it'd be fun. To and that's kind of what we wanted to talk about a little bit today, besides what everything else we've been talking yeah. about. Uh, the greatest albums of all time. And I told you, Robert John, when you came in, it's kind of subjective. Uh, and as a, as a classic example, okay, I graduated high school in 1984. My sister graduated high school in 1989. Our musical tastes couldn't be more diverse. She is... Depeche Mode, Erasure, Howard Jones, I am Eagle Sticks Boston, and she hates my music, and quite frankly, (laughs) I hate her music. I mean, I call her music suicide music, because you listen to a song by Erasure or Depeche Mode, and you're like, I think I'll just cut them right now, I'm done. That's That's hilarious. (laughs) I, I have to admit. I have a guilty pleasure with Depeche Mode. Uh oh. When the nineties hit and they actually got a real drummer. They they if you okay, if you get a chance to see them today, forget the eighties. Mm-hmm. Today they're f- amazing. Yeah. They have a real drummer. Martin Gore plays the guitar through the whole concert. It's actually really good rock and roll now. But back I agree with you. Back then I was like, Oh my gosh. You but but you know why you would listen to it? There was a reason to listen to Depeche Mode back then. Because all the girls liked it. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. and so it's like it's you it was awesome if I knew the music yeah. and I had it in my car and that kind of thing. So that was So uh, I could ask can I ask you guys a question? Sure. Are you when you listen to music? Are you more of a musical uh, hook person as far as the music, or do you are you a lyrics guy? Do you does lyrics bring you in? Mm-hmm. I'm a lyrics guy. If the lyrics are interesting and it's written well, that brings me in. If and the music's nice, you know. But I mean, there are some people they don't care about the, the lyrics as much, and I know that's the difference between today a lot of today's music and and back in the 70s and 80s is it was it was made by people. Who were suffering artists, if you will? They and were, they were artists. They you were know, they were poets about their feelings. Yeah. yeah, and then Comments? a lot of these people started 
being sucking after their third or fourth album once they started making money. Well, they, they, yeah, Yeah. everything's out. There's nothing left. They're not suffering anymore. (laughs) I, I, for me personally, I sadly, you know, I was an '80s metal kid, and Mm -hmm. I, I look back at some of the lyrics of some of that stuff now, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so bad, Uh and I didn't know at the time, and I didn't care. (laughs) And so now, as I've gotten older. You've, I like to think changed. that my tastes have changed a bit. Okay. The lyrics mean more, but yeah. when I when I was really into this stuff, it yeah. was almost irrelevant to me. The okay. words, okay, okay. So, I yeah, I I was I was kind of in between, Jack. Uh, I I loved you know big important lyrics. Good lyrics were important to me, but it had to be good music. Uh, there's a, a song by Kansas. Wish I could remember the name of it right now. Uh, Start saying it. I'll tell point you. Point of no return is the, yeah. is the song. Uh-huh. The lyrics of that. I mean, uh-huh. you want to talk about artistry? Oh yeah. The lyrics that that I don't know who wrote the the lyrics for Kansas. I assume it's one of the guys in the band, yeah. but it was phenomenal. They it was phenomenal. the whole Kansas albums have great lyrics. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, dust in the wind. I mean, when you listen to that song, you dig yeah. down into it. What that means. Uh, there's a uh, uh, what's our biggest song? my fate my number one classic rock song of all time number one Kansas uh, uh, I can't say it carry on my wayward son carry on you know the son. best rock and roll song of all time that's my vote wow it's it's pretty amazing that you that's know. a great tune yeah. and it has all the I mean and Kansas was such an interesting band because they weren't just they weren't a typical rock band you know they no. had the violin the prog rock and the thing yeah. the the singer the singer was crazy good and 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 um, and, and you'd listen to some of that music and and it was very cerebral mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. i've got yeah. several of their albums uh point of no return is one of them and how long how long i mean it's 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 unbelievable but and they were they were a great great band and uh, so I, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, that's but you get in their deep tracks and. Oh, I, I got the cell, was, I got the album, and I listened to "Song for America," and the first time I couldn't get through it. And then one day I was. I, have you listened to "Song for America"? It's like ten and a half. It's ten, it's almost twelve minute song, but then you listen to it and you get through all the stuff. It's an amazing song. I'll listen to. I'll, it's funny because you know at first it, it turns you off because it's just not you know three and a half minutes and poppy. Yeah. It's you know telling you a, a, a story from. Yeah. It, yeah. It's about America. You know, it's about so, why we came here and the pilgrims, and it's like when, wow. When, but when I was to see one hundred and four, we uh, if you had to have a bathroom break, you know, you're live on the <laughs> yeah, air. You, 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 you either played something by Kansas. Yeah. Or Inagata Davida if it was really bad, because <laughs> the, the, the long version with the, with the drum solo, with the drum solo, so it was what, nineteen minutes. The, the, the full or thing. thing. And then if you were, you know, so Led Zeppelin Stairway to Heaven was like eight minutes. That helped. Oh, too. there you go. So yeah. speaking of that, I there got that go. right here. Nice. This is a great example. Led Zeppelin of Four. Led Zeppelin Four. This is a great example of what was so great about albums and vinyl. Well, I mean, as you're sitting here looking at it, you know, anybody that's familiar with the cover, you there, there's literally nothing on the album anywhere that tells you who the band is. Not their name, not the name of the nothing. album, nothing. Oh. And, and it opens up, you know, you've got the cover that has that the man with all the twigs on his back or something, and then you open it to the back and you see that, that it's a broken wall and that you hmm. see out into some sort of a cityscape there when you look at the pa- this whole panorama of the whole graphic. I mean, find it online and you can see what I'm talking about, the whole picture. And then and then you flip it over to see the inside and you go, what in the world is this? You have this watcher standing on the top of these this mountain. you know. And hmm. then, once again, this is one where you could sit and study it, where you've got this, this man standing up here that, that has <laughs> this lantern with the Star of David in it. And you've got this little person down here, this 
city in the background. And then one of the secrets is if you ever take this album and put it up next to a mirror this way, you'll see that there is a, what looks like the face of a dog inside really? the rocks. Yeah. So that's something really? to try at home. Go it pick would, up Led it, Zeppelin for. Would it be a black wow. dog? A black dog. And that's <laughs> what we all dog. thought. That's yeah. what we all thought. Mm-hmm. You know? And then you'd, then, you'd open this op- and then you'd open this thing up. And on the inside, you have these, this great, you know, you have all these characters. So on that album, you had these little characters that represented each member of the band. And oh. then they had the song list. That was and before then, Prince dropped his name Before and he started the doing that. Yeah. And then on the back, they have the <laughs> lyrics to Stairway to Heaven. And it's just, wow. I mean, it's, it's such an amazing once again immersive experience that you had with these things and then dropping the needle and there was just nothing cooler and this is one of the greatest if not perhaps some people think the greatest album rock album ever made yeah it's it's hard it's hard to beat it i mean everything on here was good well so and and the and the problem with that what you just said is it's not just a rock album ever said about led zeppelin's a hard rock band well yeah but they were so different so hard they did whatever they wanted to do it wasn't like they were painted in a genre, nope. and they always had to be this, you know, like Metallica or something. They they were complex. Listen to Battle of Evermore yeah. on this song. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got the mandolin playing through the whole thing, and a female comes on and sings with them, and it's this kind of medieval and, and thing. They're, they're in pain. and Yeah. 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 And yeah. then, the, yeah, it's, anyway, this was one of the greatest things ever made right yeah. there. So yeah. one of the greatest albums ever. Led so, Zeppelin IV. Led Zeppelin IV. You know, it's funny. I've got a 19-year-old daughter, and she has come through a renaissance. She's gone through the Beatles. She's gone through Queen. That's awesome. And now she's into Led Zeppelin. Smart. And, and, you know, kid. and she's buying albums. And so she, she was raised well. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I, I got to play a commercial or we would uh, be it on the air. So okay. uh, hang in there. We'll get a weather check, and we'll be back to more. We're talking about some of the greatest albums of all time and how... A guy by the name of Michael Jackson fits into all that. Yeah. Should have left the microphones on, guys. We had a lot of good talk there <laughs> during the commercial break. Robert John Hadfield, Jack Lancaster, I'm Andy Griffin. We're taking a break from politics today talking about music. I know that I actually got a few texts from people who were unhappy about that. I also got a few texts from people who were pretty darn happy about it and, and uh, made a case for their favorite albums of all time. If I can get my phone to unlock here. Uh, Rush 2112, somebody said, best Hard to album beat it. ever. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. And then somebody, a Kansas fan, obviously, said, point of no return. Carrie Livgren, Kansas lead guitarist, wrote most of their big hits. Pure genius. He's now a Christian rock artist. I did not know that, but that's pretty cool. You know, 2112 was their breakout album. They almost got dropped from their from their uh, from their label, mm-hmm. and they and, and they were told that they needed to put out a hit song, right? Or they were going to be gone right. and rush and and they actually thought uh, Neil Peart even you see him in an interview talks about this mm-hmm. says we decided that we'd rather go out doing what we believed in than do what the record companies wanted. So they put out 2112. The record company hated it. Mm. And That's then they funny. went on a tour. I think they were opening for Kiss or something. And as the as the tour went on, they got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And that was their breakthrough album, the one that they did not compromise on. And they did what they believed right. in. Right. And it's crazy because if you listen to that album, you know, it's got that amazing, like, and it's this so this complicated. It was Not only was it not a hit song, it was this massive full side of an album song. Right. And and uh, it was incredible. And then you flip it over on the backside, and they had uh, 
uh, Passage to Bangkok right. was another great song right, that's on a great that album. One. I mean, it was yeah. just such great stuff. Yeah. And we were also talking about how you we would take these things and and record people like you Andy playing stuff on the radio we'd record it onto a cassette tape yeah. you would sit there and we we cuz we we wait cuz we didn't we'd either have to buy a record or we'd have to wait till somebody played it on the radio yeah. and and that was it was a totally different world yeah. and I, I actually have a business here this is so interesting I, I got asked to go speak at a conference, the Making Vinyl Conference in Los Angeles a couple years ago about cassette tapes. Because I have a business here called Audio Mover where we take cassette tapes and convert them into digital. By the way, plug audiomover.com. But uh, that's we actually take audio and videotapes and convert them to digital. But I got asked to go on a panel there to talk about since records are coming back, will tapes come back? I don't think they will. No. I don't, it's no. not the same thing. It's no. a totally different it, – it, it, it was less convenient. Fast forward, rewind, fast forward. I mean, and, yeah. and it was small. It didn't sound the worst like – a track. The only reason we yeah. like cassette tapes is because you could play them in your car. You play them in your car. Yeah. That was it. Eight tracks were awful. Yeah. I have a I have a video on YouTube with <laughs> yeah. seventy thousand views where I explain why an eight track tape is called an eight track tape. Most people have no idea why yeah. is it even called oh, an eight track yeah. tape. But I've got a whole video on yeah. that on YouTube. But I, yeah. I know this. Anyway. If you fell asleep with the eight track on. It never stopped. It, it just kept playing all night long. Eric Carmen or, or Carpenter's Greatest Hits played all night long while I was sleeping when I was eight years old. The person that invented the A-Track should have been given a war, an award and then immediately put in jail. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was that kind of uh, thing that it was just yeah. so weird. Yeah. And, uh, Let, let's talk for a second, you guys, about categorization. categorization. When, I was, when I was a teenager, you were either a rocker or you were a pop guy or you were a classic guy. You know, I, and and I, I thought it was so funny because my group of guys, we liked rock and roll. We weren't allowed to like Michael Jackson. Oh, my gosh. And, and people like, and it was so strange so right. because Michael Jackson, now that I look back, the guy was a genius. He was incredible. Brilliant. But back then, I wasn't allowed to listen to him, like him. My sister had posters of him on, on her wall. I, I couldn't even go in a room and look at the poster. I mean, it was, it was very strange. Robert. To my eternal shame, <laughs> my parents <laughs> bought our family tickets to go see Michael Jackson in concert with really? his brothers at Mile High Stadium in Denver, Colorado, and I... Being the super genius idiot teenager that you I was, go. refused <laughs> to go see Michael Jackson uh, at the height of his career. Wow. To my eternal wow. shame, he probably and here busted today, out wow. the moonwalk that oh night gosh, too. Oh my gosh, it was. It, and, and I'm sad because one of the albums, once again, and this is the number one selling album of all time, all time, folks, was Michael Jackson's Thriller. I brought that here with me today. Mm -hmm. And what's so interesting about this? Getting back to what you said a second ago about crossover. What was so fascinating about this album was that when they recorded this, they decided to, to do a crossover on this album. Because hmm. you know who played the guitar solo in I do. Beat It? I do. That was uh, a guy by the name of Eddie, Eddie Van, Halen. Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. So Quincy yeah. Jones produced yeah. Thriller. And he said, hey, we want to do something and get a really interesting guitar solo. So Eddie Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen, as a favor... They took the two-inch tapes over to Eddie Van Halen's studio, and they just played the tune. He wrote, he played two guitar solos off the top of his head, played them, and then handed over. Didn't get paid a dime, and it ended up recording the, what may be the most iconic guitar solo ever in history. And then rockers like me, you, whatever, we're like Michael Jackson comes what? out and like, what? We didn't know Wait what to do Wait a second. With it. Is this yeah. legal? No. Can, no, Eddie, Eddie Van Halen can us. be with Michael Jackson. No. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It was such it was so weird that we had those differences. And now as I'm I'm an adult and hopefully a little bit smarter, you know, you look back and you go, that was that guy 
was if you ever watched the This Is It album or m- movie and you started watching him, mm-hmm. you realize this guy was a, a mega genius. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's sitting there, he's like, here's the songs in his head and he's explaining people what parts to play. He couldn't play an instrument himself, but he could just hear everything. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. an amazing guy. Phenomenal. So, and it sold over Phenomenal. something like 50, 60 million copies of this album. And oh it, is, it is the, like, the, the number one selling album. And, and everything on here is good. I mean, they're all good. Yeah. You've got you know Thriller of course which he changed the world with the with the video on oh, Thriller. Yeah. Amazing. You know. Mm-hmm. And then you go yeah you go The Girl is Mine throws Paul McCartney on there. <laughs> PYT. One of the Beatles, that's yeah. all, you know. Uh, <laughs> human nature. Tell me this is human nature lie. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Billy Jean's not my oh, love. Billie all that Jean. stuff was on yeah. here. All yeah. of that was on here. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Incredible stuff. And the, the yeah. videos is what helped that. Because that's when, you know, videos were just starting to come out. As And, and I know here in St. George, we had a TV station that would play them once in a while. If you had cable, you could get MTV and watch that. And uh, that was the amazing part because you got to see the, the artist, you know, perform yeah, the song, yeah. you know. And it, and it gave more context, you know. Did video kill the radio star? <laughs> Sometimes, the in some cases it did. say so. Yeah. Video killed the radio star, which is amazing because that was the first video played on MTV, yeah, yeah. and it and it was so yeah. it it said so much about where everything was going to go after that. So one other, it really interesting. This was a great album. We were talking about this one earlier. That there, a lot of people don't know the history behind this. So I'm going to ask a little bit of trivia. Ooh. See if you guys know okay. this thing. I bet I don't. The J- Journey, the band Journey. Uh-huh. Now, now, weirdly, they disappeared sort of for a long, long time, especially this album, Escape. That's the one we're looking at right now, Journey yeah. Escape. Uh, Steve Perry is the singer on this. So this is the first time that Greg Raleigh, who was one of the founders, was gone. Mm-hmm. And, and it was all, uh, all, all Steve Perry at this point. Now, here's the question. Journey was a spin-off band from what group? Did you know Journey was a spin-off band? I didn't even know that. Journey is a Journey spin-off band. Yeah, nope. the guitarist uh, that founded, uh, Neil Sean, he worked for that other band. Neil Sean and Greg Raleigh yeah. two together came from another band. Yeah, I, I knew this once. I can't think of it now. Mm. They played it. in Santana. Yes. And really? Greg yes. Raleigh, who, was the original, who sang for Journey, and he, Steve Perry ultimately replaced him, sang Black Magic Woman. So if you go back and listen to Santana and you mm-hmm. look at those albums, Neil Sean, and so Neil Sean and Greg Raleigh left Santana, started Journey, yeah. put out three terrible albums. <laughs> and then and then their their uh, manager came and said, I've got your new singer for you. And it was Steve Perry. Mm. And he came in there and just took over everything. Uh, and he, he really did. I mean, and he's what he's what made that band. I, I hate to say it. I mean, yeah. Neil Sean was a great guitar no, player and did right. great music. But Steve Perry, that, that voice. Well, the voice. Yeah, he, he's known as the voice. That's his nickname, is the voice, and there is when, no other singer. And and when you hear when you go, and I do a lot of sports on the radio, when you go to a ball game and they play "Don't Stop Believing" and it's played like three or four times during a football game, you're like, no, wait a minute, this was made in what eighty three, eighty one, eighty one, nineteen eighty one, and it's two thousand and twenty two, and they're playing. Girl. Yeah, yeah. In fact, there's a meme, popular meme that said, uh, "I stopped believing for a minute." <laughs> Please don't tell Journey. You know, Journey's going to be pissed. Off. Yeah, they're going to be mad. Yeah, I, that's great. Yeah, and this and this album, this is once again the first one that was that Greg Raleigh was gone and Steve Perry was the only singer. And guess and you know who else was added to this band at that point? Because Greg Raleigh was a singer and keyboard player. Mm-hmm. So a guy named Jonathan Kane yeah. is the one that joined the band as the keyboard player. Right, and he's the one that wrote what might be the most famous slow song of all time, last song on the album, Open Arms. Mm-hmm. Junior and he Prom. Was, 
He, what's that? Junior. junior prom, right? Oh, is that right? Okay, Open yeah, arms, yeah. Junior well, he, prom. What's so <laughs> interesting about this is Jonathan Cain was in a band before this called The Babies with John oh, Waite. Yeah, with John Waite. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And he presented open arms to John Waite, and John Waite hated it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so he's messing around with it in a journey rehearsal. Steve Perry hears it and says, what is that little song you're playing there? And <laughs> and Jonathan Cain says, well, John Waite didn't like it, so uh, it's a little ditty. And Steve Perry goes, we're using it. And then it becomes... Not only do they have Don't Stop Believing on this album, but this obscure track on the very, very, very last track of this album becomes one of the biggest songs in history. So this album, I, I, I think, is one of the great, also one of the greatest albums of all time. It's mm-hmm. a, it, there's not a stinker on it. No. Every song's great. Yeah. Who's Crying Now on that one? Who's too? Crying Now's yeah. on? Yeah. Who's Crying Now? Great song. Oh, yeah. It's great. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Stone and Love is on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Stone and Love, it's, one of my favorites. Those crazy nights I yeah. don't remember. Oh, yeah. my, oh my yeah. gosh. How do you beat that stuff? You don't. You don't, man. Uh, yeah. All right. So I got to get a break. And do you want to you wanna give an Let's album give a couple away. away. Yeah, All yeah, right. Yeah. Give us a call at 673-5890. We'll take caller number 44. Which album do you want to start with? Uh, let's do the, you want to do David Bowie? Ziggy Stardust? Doesn't matter to me. That's a great, this is a classic. David One of the Bowie, greats, David Ziggy Bowie, Stardust. Ziggy Stardust. Now listen, if you don't have a record player, you can buy them, but I'm telling you, you probably should, if if you like vinyl, you should already have one, and these are vinyls. These are not CDs. And these are, these are not original MP3s. things, too. Yeah, these, these are, are originals. Not- this isn't a reprint modern thing. So anyway, give us a call exactly. at 673-5890. I've got to get this uh, commercial break in, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll announce a winner in just a second. All right, we've got uh, first world problems. I'm supposed to do some digital training here in about 10 minutes. So I, it was supposed to be tomorrow, and I, I don't know. Exciting. I'd, I'd rather listen to classic rock and <laughs> anyway andy griffin with jack lancaster and robert john hadfield and i always call him john and that i robert john is pretty cool too so, like, <laughs> andy like thanks a, for letting me be here today this is so this is yeah. this is this is one of the fun this is best day of my life you know anytime i get to Come go talk now. about records now you know because i spent my youth but i bought thousands of records wasted all my money when i was a kid and my parents are like <laughs> what in the world are you doing What's with this with you, you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so now i can look back and go see mom and dad <laughs> got me on the reading now at 53 yeah. years old <laughs> yeah See, that investment's I, paying off now. It's, it's truly, truly, right. truly paying off. All right, all right. So we, we got to settle it before we get too too much more deep into it. In fact, we only have about uh, six, seven minutes. Greatest album of all time. Again, highly subjective. I'll go first. And uh, no, I'm not. I'm going to go last, actually, because I haven't decided yet. It's like me being in a restaurant, and there's so much good food. It's like, which one do I pick? Uh, let's go to Jack. Jack? Yeah, I... Uh... You pick me first. You can go, I can't you can go, go two. You can go two if you well, want. Well, I, I love Super Tramp Breakfast in America. Oh, love I that. I can play it from start love to finish. Is it over have a, a possible song, or what is it called? Uh, yeah, the Logical Song. Logical Song. Logical yeah. Song. Yeah. And, Great song. And then, uh, Take and then a I'm going to hit for number two. Uh, I, I guess I'm going to go with the, oh, my gosh. I, I don't know. Uh, Kansas, Point of No Return. I'm going to go okay. back there. It's a good one. I have really. an easy answer for this every really? single time. Really? I know exactly what it is. Really? Uh, it's ACDC back in black. Oh yeah. There's no never, <laughs> there's never been anything better in my opinion, ever, ever, yeah. ever, ever. The, every song on there is great. It was the first album with Brian Johnson. I was going to say they had just lost their they, lead singer. Bon Scott had just died. Yeah. 
uh, and and Bon Scott was great. I mean, the, the the library of music that came out of that guy is just shockingly amazing. And and Brian Johnson never matched it, frankly. Mm-hmm. But that album, Back in Black, from from the opening chords of Hell's Bells, that gong, you got me ringing Hell's Bells, you know. And then you just go on and on. And every song on there, every song on there is a great, not just good, great song. And I and and everything you hear. It's just like it's like Ugh! you know you just it makes you excited. It's got this incredible energy. There's just no, I don't think mm-hmm. there's ever been anything like it before or since. So my opinion, yeah. greatest album hands down. We used to have a roller blood. skating rink here in St. George on the on, on Friday and Saturday nights. They had a midnight to two a.m. skate. You know, and I was Sweet. Uh, I was eighteen years old. They'd play that song the whole night. That, Hell's bells are back. No, no, the, the the album. Oh, the album. They just put the album on and play it. And then when it yeah. was done, they started over. Play That's it again. the one, and it's the one yeah. that has "You Shook Me All Night Long" yeah. on it. You oh, yeah. shook me all night <laughs> yeah. long. Yeah, I mean, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah, you can't beat it. No, you can't. That's that is a good one. When okay, I, you're up, Andy. I'm I'm up. Okay, when I was 14, I would have said something like, uh, I don't know. I would have said something like Hotel California when I was 14. And then I got a little bit older, got into soft rock a little bit. Chicago 17 was a very meaningful mm. album to me. Oh yeah. Uh, and then uh, when I was 18, I was working at a wood shop and this guy came over to me and <clears throat> says, what do you listen to? I said, Ario Speedwagon. Yeah. I, and he said, he said, great band, but I said, but what? He says, well, you want something a little, with a little more edge, right? I said, mm, I guess he said, I got a cassette tape here. Put it in your Walkman. Yes. I had a cassette tape Walkman <laughs> working in the wood shop. And he said, just listen to this. And I put it in and I pushed the play and my world changed. And the album, the cassette, was Triumph, Thunder 7. Oh. And I'm still, yeah. to this day, and I know there are a lot of people that, Triumph, what is that? Is that, is that an insult dog on Conan? or No, Triumph the Band, Canadian trio, power trio. Yep. Uh, to me, best album, best group of all time, and uh, I'm a little bit biased. I do have that um, one in yeah. my collection. Yeah. And Triumph was, we've talked about them before. So I got They're Fight the Good Fight on it? Fight that was earlier. Fight? That was on Allies. Oh, that, oh, yeah. oh okay. No. Yeah, yeah, just anything by trying. I mean, you know, fight the good fight was, was magic power. Yeah, got the magic uh, yeah. power on the music. Yeah. Me. Oh my gosh, they they, they, were, they were really they were reminiscent band. of Rush. That really don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't even go there. Well, they're Canadian tr- power trio. Because I would walk around saying I love Triumph, and everybody, oh, who's that? A, a trio from from Canada. They'd like, oh, you mean Rush? Rush, yeah. No, I don't mean Rush. Actually, they're like, well, they probably like sound like Rush. They're they're like Rush, right? I'm like, no, they're not like Rush. They were they're, cool because they were positive. Their music was always this upbeat, yeah. positive energy. They play. I mean, they were huge. At one point, people don't realize they were a huge, huge. Big big band. They mm-hmm. played at the US Festival. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, how many heavy on Heavy Metal Day? There were yeah. what eight bands that played there, and the, from the entire world, and they were one of them. Yeah. So they were they, yeah, were, they huge. were awesome. Big big band. So and a lot of their lyrics they would lift right out of the Bible. They weren't a yeah. Christian rock band like Striper, but they. Any golden pieces from the Judas Kiss? What's yeah, a, yeah, that was from Never Surrender? Fight, yeah, I mean, and fight the good fight, and uh, and uh, yeah, I mean they're. They weren't afraid to wear their religion on their proverbial sleeves. Yeah, so. the good book says it's better to give than to That's receive. Yeah, I right, do my yeah. best to do my part. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Great, Al, great nice. stuff, yeah. man. I love those Very guys. Nice. They were so, so great. Uh, if I have any advice. The only, one, to, the only one of the three of us who's brave enough to sing the lyrics, <laughs> you know, on the radio right now. I sing. But by the way, today's the anniversary <laughs> of Happy Birthday, the song going to, uh, what do they call Public, Public domain. domain. So I can actually, Happy Birthday to you. I can actually sing that on the air and not get in trouble. And not get wow. yeah, copyright notice. Right. So, 
Now when That's you go awesome. get your birthday cake uh, at the Chili's. Angelica's or, or something. Angelica's, yeah. 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 They, we can sing it. There you Happy go. Happy birthday, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we do. I actually do a, a, a web show on YouTube about this stuff called Three Random Records, the number three random records. Mm-hmm. And you should come do it with us sometime. Oh, yeah. We get oh, it's yeah. so. We just put, what we do is we pull out three records, kind of like what we did today, but we, have a, we shoot the cover in 4K so you can see all the details. Mm-hmm. And then we just go and talk about all the history and all the other stuff on them. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. So it's it and and it's I mean what's cooler to talk about than the, 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 all the history of this stuff that yeah. literally it, it it's like it's stuff that that connects us all you know I mean the three of us may not even know each other but then all of a sudden you talk about triumph and the three of us actually know <laughs> who they are and there's this connection yeah. that comes from it and then the music the feeling and the emotion that comes from it mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a powerful thing it's super important to us as a culture too yeah. okay yeah. a couple of minutes of guilty yeah. pleasure album guilty p- pleasure music uh we'll start with robert john first this time give jack a second to think so i'd probably it. have to say i mean the big one something was, you shouldn't listen to or nobody thinks that they're really that great but you can't help it because you well, love them D- depeche mode was one of them okay. which i talked about yeah, earlier they're yeah. they're one of my favorites but uh, uh uh actually this one probably shouldn't be considered a guilty pleasure but people wouldn't expect it from me is sarah mclaughlin might be my favorite artist really? of all time hmm. she's uh, she's just as good as you her music is unbelievable and a lot of people be like what the heck you listen yeah i absolutely absolutely love 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 sarah mclaughlin Hmm. how about you dan gold oh i don't know if that's a guilty place that's pretty awesome donald fagan yeah i love steely dan damn awesome (laughs) and then when they came out with that other album uh two against nature it became album of the year that year and it was a later album for them and uh, Jack of Speed. That was one of my songs. That's awesome. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> oh, man. I'd have to go back. I'm sorry, guys. I'm a Barry Manilow fan. I know there are Ooh. a lot of people who are like, eh, what are you? What's wrong with no, you? Oh, that's all right. I man. like Barry Manilow. I, I, yeah. You know, from, from Mandy to Weekend in New England to, yeah. uh, we were talking earlier about 2 a.m. Paradise Cafe, his jazz album. Yeah. Phenomenal stuff. And he writes like, the songs. My yeah. guilty, sl- guilty right. pleasure right there. He writes right. the songs. So we're out of time, guys. <laughs> Thank you for coming. One more album, real quickly. What album can we give away right now? Uh, how about uh, Hotel California? Hotel California, one of the greatest albums in history. Give me a call right now, 